Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, February 10th. U.S. equities had been flat earlier this morning, but they've since come for sale uh, in about the last half an hour, 45 minutes. We have S&P futures now down 20 points. That's 50 basis points. Dow futures are off 90 points. That's 27 basis points. And the Nasdaq futures are lagging down 120 points, which is about 95 basis points. Europe's major indices are also for sale. They're down about 1% at this point, very broad selling in Europe. Retail is getting hit hardest, down about 3%. Adidas is getting crushed. Um, Adidas came out yesterday afternoon while the U.S. was still open, but after Europe closed with a very cautious update, um, very negative guidance for 2023. So that stock is down um, 10 plus percent. That's weighing on all of retail. Tech also is lagging in Europe. Um, Energy is the sole outperformer in Europe, which I will get to in a moment. Um, and then Asia generally was in the red overnight, with the exception of um, Japan, which ended up 10 to 30 basis points, and the Hang Seng fell 200 basis points. So um, there was a lot of news out since the close yesterday, which I'll get to in a moment. But I think you know what's really happening in markets is the same thing that's been at play now for several days. Um, you know that Mannheim used car index that came out Tuesday morning. I've been talking about it a lot. Um, you know it's not the single most important inflation reading, but it is, I think, um, it has planted the kernel of fear that we could be at a um, coming to an end of this kind of months-long disinflationary phase in uh, in various different price gauges. And so that concern, as we head into the CPI on Tuesday, has spurred a huge um, sell-off in bonds, a huge repricing in Fed tightening expectations. Um, and then stocks have been has started to respond to that in the last couple of days. I would just note that as poorly as equities have traded, including this morning so far, um, it is remarkably impressive that they have not crashed given what's occurred in bonds and Fed tightening expectations. Um, in particular, you have now the year-end forecasted funds rate at about 4.9%. That was about 4.3% before the jobs report on Friday. Um, you know, so you've essentially priced out any expectation for rate cuts this year. You still have a little bit priced in, but not nearly as much as before. Um, and like I said, the S and P, despite you know coming for sale a little bit, is still holding in remarkably well. Um, and I think that it's become very, very consensus to be concerned about um, disinflation coming to an end. It's very, very consensus to be very negative into the CPI on Tuesday. Um, so I agree with all that. I. I I think you are going to see some uh, unfriendly inflation figures. It's just going to be a temporary phenomenon. I think disinflation still has a lot further to run. Um, but I also think that we've de-risked the CPI to a big extent, given what's happened in yields and given what's happened with the Fed. Um, so if this kind of keeps up the risk reward uh, Monday night, or, um, you know, could flip into being more favorable. Um, and I think we're kind of we're heading in that direction. So that's the... Um, you know, 30,000 view of what's happening in markets as far as incremental news for today. So Russia came out and said that they will be cutting their production 500,000 barrels a day in March in response to the Western price caps that has oil up over 2% this morning. Um, and the rest of OPEC is not going to respond, um, will not be increasing production to offset Russia. So, you know, that is a negative headline for supply, positive for price. Um, you know, we'll have to see how it all plays out. I don't think Russia really can afford to take a ton of production offline. Their oil is selling far below the global benchmarks, um, and they need a lot of the revenue they can get. So, 
I would have to imagine that you won't see a huge drop um, in output from them. And I think the countries that have been buying all their oil, so India, China, et cetera, um, will kind of continue to purchase as much as they need. Um, you also have, you know, coinciding with that headline, a ton of, of reports that Russia is on the brink of this kind of major offensive. Again, I, I, I push back a little bit just given how poorly they have uh, managed this, this war so far. Um, it's unclear why all of a sudden they are going to be able to kind of um, a year later figure it out and and successfully launch um, you know a new military operation that dramatically shifts the battle lines. Certainly possible. Um, and the report suggests you know they have three hundred to five hundred thousand troops, thousands of tanks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, but again, I kind of think that uh, I push back against a lot of the Russian noise, which really since this war has started. Um, you know, they've been masters at kind of misdirection and, and obfuscation. Um, in Japan, the uh, government looks like they will make a surprise decision in replacing Kuroda as head of the BOJ. Um, that news caused a big spike in the yen earlier. The yen is still higher against the dollar, but not as um, it's come off its, uh, its highs from earlier. So I think just the fact that it's such a surprise is causing the move in, uh, in FX markets. It, it sounds like Japan asked the current deputy governor to, t- to run the BOJ. He refused that job, so they had to go looking elsewhere. Um, this replacement, this likely replacement um, within the last half hour came out and said that the current BOJ policy is appropriate and should continue. So that's relieving, I think, some of the worries about a dramatic shift in policy. Uh, you had inflation numbers out of China, the CPI, NPPI, and then the Japan PPI both hit. Um, you had the PPIs in both countries actually undershoot the street a little bit. I don't think it's really doesn't mean a whole lot. The PPI in Japan is still very elevated. Um, and then on earnings, you had a bunch of reports out in the U.S. last night. You know, none of them are really relevant to the entire market. Lyft is the um, is probably the most controversial one. Very bad guidance. Stock is down thirty plus percent this morning. Um, you know, I wrote in the piece about kind of some of the macro implications. And again, I don't think this is really that important, but um, you know, the the implications of the Lyft report are, are disinflationary, just as far as I talk about, you know, cutting prices and ramping drivers on the network to um to get prices lower, suggesting even that there could be a price war in the in the rideshare um industry. On today's calendar, there really is not much other than the Michigan sentiment survey at 10 a.m. Within that, we'll get the latest uh, inflation expectations, so that will be watched very closely. Um, none of the earnings today are really all that important. You have Newell is probably the, the only notable one in the U.S. Um, and then just quickly, next week, you know, inflation is going to be very much front and center, so the CPI will dominate on Tuesday, but there actually are a lot more inflation figures coming out of the U.S. Um, I have all the details in the piece. And then, you know, we're now moving into the January end earnings season. So that kicks off next week. You have analog devices and Cisco both on Wednesday. Those are the first January end reports. Um, And that is everything for today, Friday, February 10th. Thank you for listening.